Welcome to Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I'm intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love from the Hip. And I'm forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Rory Reich. There is great power in the number three. It is not only the number our brains remember most, but it is also the triad, as it contains a beginning, a middle, and an end. It represents wholeness, and what better way to absorb information than from the power of three coaches? We created this show with the intention of assisting you in awakening your intuition and inner coach and to help you live your best life. This is where we have real conversations and share our own personal experiences along the way. At the close of the show, we'll also offer up our own personal coaching techniques related to the topic as well. Today's topic is trust. Trust is defined as assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, truth of someone or something, one in which confidence is placed, and dependence on something future or contingent like hope. Our understanding of it is constructed from the time we are born. In fact, research has proven that children who learn to develop trust successfully with their caregivers at infancy will be more likely to develop trusting relationships with others in their adulthood. Whereas mistrust can cause children to become fearful, confused, and anxious, which often leads to not only difficulty in forming healthy relationships, but also isolation and loneliness. British psychologist John Bowlby explains this in his attachment theory, which is based upon four attachment styles, which Bowlby said develops early on in our childhood, based on the behavior of our primary caregivers. These attachment styles include secure, anxious, avoidant, and disorganized, also known as fearful avoidant, and they help to predict the success of our relationships. All of these styles, with the exception of secure, exhibit behaviors which foster mistrust in relationships, making it harder for people to maintain a healthy, trusting relationship. And if you are finding yourself suffering from trust issues, you are not alone. Half of America has trust issues. In fact, recent data reveals an estimated 50% of the U.S. population is securely attached, while 20% is anxious and 25% avoidant. Aside from early life experiences and interactions, trust issues can also stem from abuse, trauma, social rejection, bullying, and low self-esteem. Oftentimes, fear of someone, something, or some place will lend to our lack of trust. Fear of trust has become so common that it is now considered a phobia, called pistanthrophobia. And it is when the fear that we carry from past traumas and harmful experiences outweighs our desire to trust others. People who suffer from pistanthrophobia are so confident they will eventually get hurt or betrayed that they isolate, withdraw, and detach from any situation or relationship which may bring that upon them. While it is true that our relationships with our caregivers may predict the level of trust in our future, it can be changed through the work that we do in relationships with others and especially with ourselves. Our trust for others begins with our trust for ourselves. Misguided emotions like fear can make us override our intuition, making it difficult for our intuition to do what it does best, assisting us in determining who is trustworthy. Overall, trusting our intuition lends to a greater self-awareness, self-love, and self-control. We not only curb our victimhood mentality because we understand that everything is a choice, but also we end up having better life experiences. Ultimately, the more we can trust ourselves, the more we can trust, period. 
Stay tuned for this episode of the Conscious Coaching Hour, where we'll be discussing trust and share what this means to us. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R.com. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H dot com. The veil is a line between physical and non-physical realities, between spirit and matter. Listen in to Go Beyond the Veil every second Wednesday of each month from 2 to 3 p.m. In this jam-packed radio hour, hosts Sakura Sutter and Rory Reich interview folks who make a living crossing the veil and assisting others on their journey of healing and self-discovery. They will ask the hard questions to not only reveal more truths and clarity, but also to make spiritual sense. They hope by offering this resource where science meets spirituality that you too can finally put your skepticism to rest once and for all. So join them as they go beyond the veil. Truth is you know what tomorrow brings. There's not a day ahead you have not seen us. Welcome back to Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I'm intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love from the Hip. And I am forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Roy Reich. On today's show, we're discussing trust. If you have a question or like an intuitive reading, message us directly on our Facebook page, Love from the Hip, that's H-Y-P, or call 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-373. Well, I'm so impressed that she could say that word. 
Because oh, anthrophobia? Yes. Both Rory and I are looking at each other like, wow. I was just trying to decide if I fit into that definition. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for... Didn't had no idea. So do you guys identify with a certain attachment style? You know, I never thought about it that way. No? Yeah. I haven't really dove into the attachment styles. I definitely feel more anxious as far as the attachment styles go. Yeah. You know, feeling kind of abandoned as a child. Not that my parents were never there, but mm-hmm. my parents were young parents. And so oftentimes they would leave me with different sitters and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And not always were the sitters like the best choices, but they were the only choice. So yes, I, I can relate to that. Yeah, I think I'm a mix. Are you? Except for secure. Yeah. <laughs> and secure is a hard one. But they always say in order to push through the attachment style that you have, that you're born into per se, is to be in a relationship with someone who is secure. Yes, that has helped me a lot. But mm-hmm. I was really surprised at the stats at 50%. Right. I, I'm going, well, especially over the last couple of years. Right. That, I mean. Well, they haven't run the, you know, uh, yeah. the poll since then, since COVID. So I'm but sure it's changed. But I was still changed. kind of surprised at 50%. Yeah, it sounds really high. It does sound high. And I, I just, yeah, that just kind of was like, really? <laughs> you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. yeah, I do like that. And I and I do like, and I, I also like the past the fact of you talking about intuition, mm-hmm. you know, because when we can learn to trust ourselves and trust that intuition, it does get us out of victimhood. Right. Because then we have a choice. But, you know, as we've all talked about on different shows, that we, our backgrounds are where we didn't really have that ability. We, you know, because of the stuff we've gone through. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, I know I lived a life of victimhood because I think things were happening to me. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. And, and, and there were some victimization going on. So learning that I had a choice that I could do things differently was huge. Mm-hmm. And then learning to trust my intuition has been a game changer. And I think also learning to trust your intuition allows you to know that things are happening for you. Exactly. There's a reason. There's opportunity. It shifts your perception. Yeah. Right on how you look at life, how you look at yourself, and how you look at others. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was just reading it. I think I'd be the fearful avoidant, but I'd love to read more about those and kind of get into yeah. the details of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we move through each style, I think, as we, through each relationship. All right, that's right? our homework. Everybody out there, <laughs> all right, you got homework. We want to know on our Facebook page. Uh-huh. Get t-shirts made. Yeah. So, Brenda, in what areas of life have you struggled with trust? I think it's easier what areas have not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which... Has been, you know, which, well, the areas of trust has really been the whole, my whole, every area, Mm -hmm. really, because how I believe, how I do anything is how I do everything. I think we bring it into, we bring it into every aspect. That's how I think. The one thing I will say, looking back, I didn't have trust in relationships. I wanted it, but I didn't, especially with men and, and then learning with women because of the abuse that took place mm-hmm. younger, right? Yeah. Abandonment, rejection, but also the abuse. So not able to trust or having a father figure or a male, strong male figure in my life, that's what led me to making decisions and choices that, you know, weren't, you know, I look back because I had a lot of forgiveness work to do on that. But the other area that, that I was more trusting was work. Mm. Why do you think that is? Well, because that's where I felt more confident. 
I felt con- in control. I felt confident. It was interesting because as I wor- looked at that, right, I could be confident at work, trusting my ability, but afraid to go home, mm-hmm. not tr- not knowing what was going to be there, what was going to happen, and I just felt out of control. Like I couldn't trust anything. I couldn't trust my own self. I couldn't trust the other person. I can relate to that for sure. Definitely. Yeah, I think for me it, it would be relationships mm-hmm. for sure. And then I think because I've struggled with my health, it'll be trust in my body. Yes. Right? So that's been a big one for a long time for me. But definitely relationships. I think, you know, I just grew up learning to not trust very many people, to, mm-hmm. to, to rely on myself to get things done. And then obviously entering intimate relationships is where you, you kind of have to learn to open your heart and you have to learn to trust people. Right. And that's where, of course, you know, lots of us have challenges. Yeah, but looking back, I I look at one of my first long-term relationships where I really should have had trust issues, but I didn't. And he continued to cheat on me over and over and over again, you know, whether it was through other relationships or even through porn. And I, I questioned, why didn't I have, you know, trust issues then? What was going well, you, on? You may have. Because I had the same thing, but I look, I didn't know I had trust issues. Mm-hmm. At the time, I thought that's how it was supposed to be. I deserved that, mm-hmm. right? Looking back, when I was in it, I just thought that's how it was. So I didn't think I had trust issues until later, until it kept happening. Then I was realizing I don't trust this person. So Whenever you normalized th- it. Yeah, I did, mm-hmm. and, and which makes sense, right, right, when we've gone through trauma and different things. So maybe you did, but you just weren't able to recognize it as that at that time. True. Because I have the same story, mm-hmm. you know, with a lot of betrayal. I yeah. think it was easier for me to recognize it with women for some reason. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I've had clients like that too. Not with men, but with women. I think a lot of it's about your perception mm-hmm. and your expectations, right? Like, what do you expect from a person? And, and based on your expectations, if they don't live up to those expectations, then you lose trust. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think in all these different situations and scenarios and relationships, it really a lot of it's about what your expectation is from that other person. And that changes from situation to situation or partner to partner or friend to friend, potentially. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, when I look back, I'm like, oh, yeah, I had trust issues because I didn't agree with this situation. Right. Mm-hmm. It didn't mean it was right or wrong. Like you could debate whether it was right or wrong from each person's perspective. But for me, it's like I had a certain set of rules and then yeah. if you didn't abide by those rules, then I didn't trust you. And so it's really interesting because some of those things have changed for me over time, right? Like I've gotten more mature. I look at the world in a different way. You have more respect for yourself. Yeah. And I, I also really respect other people's autonomy as well, right? To live the life that they want to live and make their decisions, of course, as long as it's not hurting me. Right. But, but that has changed. Like my, what I believe is right and wrong has changed over the last, whatever, you know, 30 years. I think I'm glad you brought up expectations because that's something I've been exploring for a while now because our suffering can come from those expectations. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? Because I grew up expecting these people to be different. Yeah. I expected even my parents to love me in a certain way. And that's how I felt abandoned and rejected because they weren't able to. Right. So when you look at like the attachment styles, excuse me, or you look at even how we grew up, we always had an expectation without even really realizing it. And I take those expectations into relationships. Like, you're going to take care of me. You're going to love me. I'm going to be safe with you. And then we're not because of the betrayal and because of all the other things. And then we learn to not trust. 
Yeah. And then we don't also trust ourselves because we allowed ourselves to be in that situation. Exactly, because that's where it comes in. Then I start questioning, like I did, me. Right. Oh, I'm the problem. You know, there's something wrong with me. I can't even trust myself. Well, then the body starts to break down because I'm not, you know, I'm not taking care of myself. I'm not listening. Mm -hmm. And so that ties back into what you were talking about, Rory, is like the body. And then we don't trust the body. Well, then we're kind of sunk, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Yeah. But I definitely do agree that it's something we learn at birth. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You mean through our family? Yes. Yes. Through our family. Through the environment. Through our first caregivers. Through our environment. Well, there's, I mean, there's just some, some very simple biological ways of, of feeling safe. Yes. Right? I mean, as a, as a baby, as you mentioned, like even if you don't have verbal communication, there's things that happen that make you feel safe and unsafe. Right. Yeah. The studies show that that's where that secure comes from is like when a baby's taken care of when they cry, when they're, you know, Erickson. Yeah. Yeah. All of that, Mm -hmm. then there is more of that secure attachment. It's like, I'm okay. But when babies are left somewhere or they're left to cry a lot or, you know, not fed, then that does biologically put something inside of us that says not safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It starts very early. Or not good enough. (laughs) <laughs> oh, darn that thing. <laughs> so do you think trust is earned over time or given freely from the beginning, Rory? Mm. Oh, you're going you're gonna to ask me first. <laughs> yeah. I am of the philosophy that is I just give it. I just, when I meet people, I give them full trust. And then that trust either is maintained or it goes away over time. And I think it's something that, um, yeah, you have to work on all the time in your relationships. And a lot of that comes from good communication, but I, I just, I don't really love the concept that people have to earn my trust. Um, but I, I'm curious to hear your perspective. I agree with you. I always see the potential in every person. So I give them that space to be that potential. Now, oftentimes I was disappointed and I learned not to do that, but I still give people the benefit of the doubt. I spent a lot of my younger years giving the benefit of the doubt and learned that when I did that, I got taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And so I got very cautious and for quite a long time, which, of course, means I was really cautious with myself, right? So whenever I'm blocking somebody else from coming in, I'm blocking myself from, from you know, being able feeling. to express myself and yeah. from feeling. And I did that for a long time, and then I added alcohol to it to help, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> do that. But I, I needed to do that at that time. That's all I knew. So being able to open myself up really just over this last decade has been amazing because now I can, I notice if I start to feel cautious because I trust the intuition. So I go a little bit more cautious without giving full trust until I can feel it's okay. It's, it's fascinating because I've been looking at this for a while now going, oh, I can see that I still have a little caution mm-hmm. there when meeting people. And not everybody, certain people. So it's, it's is fascinating. Is that caution or is that a, your intuition? Your gut, right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and it's kind of like I pay attention to that now. And it's like, okay, I'm just going to step back a little bit mm-hmm. and, and just see what happens. I think yeah. it's a fine line, too, between, like I said, expectations. Mm-hmm. Like you place, you know, you, you place these expectations on people and then that affects your level of trust. But I think you have to be very careful of those expectations, right? Like everyone's human. And so what are the things that are critical and important to you? What are the things you're like, okay, this is fine because 
people are human and they make mistakes and nobody's perfect and I should stop trying to put this person on a pedestal or see them in this light that, you know, see their potential, not their reality. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of it is back and forth thing that you have in these dynamics and these relationships and you get to choose. I mean, ultimately you're the person who is choosing from the beginning about the expectations that you have and that these people have to live up to these expectations for Mm -hmm. you to trust them or for you to feel safe. Yeah, and you're as you were talking, I'm like, you know, the caution also too, what I had to be careful of was that the belief, right, the pattern, right? I had to be aware of that connection, mm-hmm. like this person's not safe because they look a certain way, too, like my abusers. Yeah, carrying right? your red flags. With yes, mm-hmm. and so that was was really important for me to be able to identify Okay, is that it? And then what's my intuition? Right. So we really get to play with, and it, it is, it's a process. And learning how does my body respond? How does my head respond? What's it saying? You know, being able to identify it. So yeah, it is a fine line. Yeah, and I think relationships really do help bring that out of us, right? Oh, yes. And and let us know where we're at in our spiritual growth. And for me, I would say that this is the first secure relationship I've ever had, mm. like with a secure person right and it's completely different I'm not walking on eggshells I'm not dealing with PTSD and Mm -hmm. trauma and all that anxiety that I've had since I was a child yeah Um, and it's almost like scary because it's it's so unknown I've never been here before you know and it's almost like you're waiting for something bad to happen Mm -hmm. because that's always the way it's been and so it's it's definitely interesting to see how you can also create this new perspective this new way of being just through changing the type of relationship you're choosing to be in. I think you're right. I like that. And because I think as you've grown to trust yourself and to work on yourself and get that self-worth, like you talked about earlier, Rory, was when you build that up, then you're able to come into a relationship differently. Mm -hmm. You show up differently, but you're able to receive differently. Yeah. And like that being coming into my relationship now where he adored me and, I mean, he wasn't talking down to me. He wasn't, you know, I didn't have to prove anything. It was like, whoa, what's up, dude? Yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. What's up here? But learning, for me, I got to learn that, oh, it is a safe place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very I, different. I, I have dated a man who didn't trust me because of his ex-wife mm-hmm. and also because he cheated on her. And he would end up, you know, he worked for the fire department. He would do drive-bys at night to make sure I was home. He would have me take selfies of whoever I was out with wow. to re, you know, ensure him that I'm out with who I say I'm with. Wow. And eventually it just got to a point where we went to counseling and it was just too late. And the counselor actually asked him, what has she done to make you think that she's been cheating on you? And he said nothing. And he said, well, why do you treat her like this? And he had no answer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then I look at why I chose to stay in that, right? <laughs> or yeah. what I was getting out of it because... It's a two-way street. Well, you're you're solidifying your boundaries, right? Yeah, it's you're like, learning. Yeah, and it's tough when you're in a relationship that's highly emotional, which intimate partnerships are, right? Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of emotions, and sometimes it's just really hard to f- find the answer or hear your inner voice or to trust it or to decide what is giving too much and what isn't. And so mm-hmm. just these, you know, they, they're complicated. 
Absolutely. Well, they are for growth and healing. That That's my whole take on that. And I think that that's important because we learn about ourselves as long as we can stay autonomous, right, and not be enmeshed with each other. Yeah. Noticing that piece like I've done. But being able to complement each other and have a mutuality so you support each other in that to where it's like, okay, today I'm a mess. You know, help me out. Okay, let me listen. You know, having the communication styles and all of that. So yeah, I think that that's, that's true. They are, they're messy, but they're also good. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, it is a, an opportunity to learn and grow <laughs> and, it can, and right. it can be something beautiful. And I think it's just, you know, when we're young, we just don't know a lot. Mm-hmm. And we haven't had the experiences and we probably don't, haven't had parents that are teaching us about yeah. what a healthy relationship. So it's just about, <laughs> we're just learning the whole entire way and making mistakes but ideally, you're growing, and as yeah. you get older and older, like you get to have more trust and confidence in yourself, and you have better boundaries, and you're picking better partners. But yeah, unfortunately, it's kind of messy for <laughs> quite some time. Putting training wheels on, taking them off, putting them on, yep. taking them off. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, so stay tuned for more of the Conscious Coaching Hour. And if you have a question about trust or would like an intuitive message, then message us directly on our Facebook page, Love from the Hip. That's H Y P. Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Learn more. Sakura SakuraSkinAndMind.com S-A-K-U-R-A SkinAndMind.com Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R.com. What would it be like to deeply remember the secrets of your soul so that you can travel the unknown with confidence and genuinely sit back, relax, enjoying life without all the everyday worries? I'm Jen Shen, a mystic mentor who guides you to align and amplify your soul's true mission. Get healing, clarity around your next steps, release unresolved guilt, agreements, and karma so that you can fulfill your purpose and reach your utmost potential while experiencing true freedom. Awaken the soul power within you today with me, Jen Shen. Learn more at gendushen.com. That's J-E-N-D-U-C-H-E-N-E.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I'm intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love from the Hip. And I'm forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Roy Reich. On today's show, we're discussing trust. 
If you have a question or need some advice, message us directly on our Facebook page, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P. All right. Are you guys ready to go to some of our messages for today? Absolutely. All right. Eric, can you help us out? You <laughs> bet. Uh, Jericho from Boise writes and says, I just got out of a long relationship where my partner was unfaithful. How do I ever trust someone again? Ah. Mm-hmm. Well, from, from my own personal experience, I would say living life is about taking risks and that every relationship can be different. Yeah, I was just talking with a client the other day, and she's like, you know, I'm doing well in every area of my life. And, you know, she went through a bad breakup relationship, but she's been closing herself off. And she goes, but I'm feeling like I want to do this again. And I said, it's worth the risk. Because when you close off your heart, you're closing it off to everything. Mm -hmm. And so being willing, I think, Jericho, to trust yourself is the first thing. Taking a look at what you feel was your responsibility in the relationship you know, and being able to look at where you feel untrustworthy, where could you increase it to? And then you can open your heart up a little bit easier. What yeah. do you think, Rory? I was just looking at some statistics about this last night. It was pretty <laughs> interesting. Um, you know, a lot of what it was saying, too, is that when people cheat, mm-hmm. there's 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 already a lot of unhappiness in the relationship, right? Like statistically speaking, it's not right. like people have an amazing relation. They're totally getting along well and they have great communication. And then it's a partner's just going out and having an affair. Right. So I think, you know, part of it is just trying to ensure that the relationship that you have is a healthy relationship. And I think we all know when we're in a healthy situation or we're not. So I think it's just showing up and having great communication and putting hundred percent into the relationship and just trying to make sure that it doesn't go off track. I think that's all we can do. Like we can't control whether our partner is going to go out and do something. Um, But I I think you're right. Also when it does go off track, pay attention to that. Yes. I mean, there are clues. There are things that happen before the, you know, the end all. And I don't think people are just like, Oh, we're having a bad week and so I'm going to go have an affair, right? Like things get off track. They're off track for a very long time. People are not showing up, try to, trying to make it work, trying to fix it. And eventually, you know, these things happen under those situations. And it's terrible, but like there are a lot of things we can do to ideally prevent this from happening. Well, two things come to mind, too, is one, when I went through this with my ex and we did go to therapy, not for very long, mm. but because of that, he looked at me and said, Brenda, it's not you. It's not you at all. It's him. It's his thing. And I, that hearing those words helped me because I was thinking, what did I do wrong? I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. All of that. We can go there. And I highly suggest trying not to do that, but to look at where you feel responsible, where you feel that you're not enough in the relationship. Work on that before getting into another one. And then the other thing was, was that people were not taught that relationships aren't all Hollywood. They're not all honeymoonish. They're not, you know, they take work. Mm-hmm. Because their growth and learning and, and it's like a workout we or brushing our teeth. It's like something we do every day. We make a choice to pay attention to ourselves and to our partner and feed the relationship. Absolutely. Now, how would you say for Jericho, forgiveness plays a part for him? What would you suggest? So what I was mentioning earlier, taking a look at where he feels, Jericho, where you feel, that you had some part to play in it, where you feel bad about it, where you feel guilty, where you feel a victim, because that's all information. Mm-hmm. And, or, and where you're angry, 
because different people have different feelings. So, and look at, is this a pattern? Has it happened before? Being able to forgive ourselves, we start with accepting. We start with accepting the fact of who we are and that one, that you didn't have any responsibility for what the other person did. That right there is huge healing. It's not you, but what can you look at from the relationship? And then take that to heart and then carry that forward. Do the inner work that you need to do before getting into another relationship. Yeah, that's great advice. And listen to your intuition. Absolutely. Right? Always talking. All right. Hope that helps you. And Eric? Yeah. Lori from Seattle says, my manager at work keeps stealing my ideas and claiming them as her own. I definitely do not trust her anymore. What should I do? (laughs) It's a tough situation. Yes. I would say it's probably not an infrequent one. I know. But people probably don't say much. So, Lori, I'm glad that you're bringing this up. Because, no, I haven't had that happen when I worked in corporate. I didn't have that happen. I didn't work in an industry where that would happen. So do you have any... Uh, I don't have experience with that, but I would say that, you know, just like any relationship, it's about being honest. Right? Mm-hmm. I think the first thing is about being honest about what's happening, seeing how the other person reacts, and then deciding if this is, you know, a situation that you want to continue being in, right? You, like you have a choice. We all have a choice. And I know finding a new job or leaving that doesn't might not sound fun or might sound scary or might be apprehensive, but you also don't want to work in an environment where you aren't appreciated, where you can't be honest, where you have a manager that you can't have real conversations with that doesn't have your back. And so I think that like that manager slash employee or report dynamic is so important. Like it is such a place, right, where we give this trust to somebody that has maybe more power than than we do in this relationship. And so you definitely don't want to stay in an unhealthy dynamic like that for a long period of time because it's going to have a negative effect. Yeah. And I, I think that's good communication. I always go to that. It's like, let's chat about it. And if there's fear there, that could be that fear of authority figures mm-hmm. or you put all this emphasis and, and sometimes it is true depending upon what kind of personality or behavior that that manager has, but opening up, like you said, the dialogue of, Hey, I had, this was my idea. And I noticed that you took this, what's this about? Can we talk? Mm-hmm. And then from that response, right? Because we don't know. It, we make it worse in our head when we don't talk about it. Yep. But then we can. You have a, some choices, like you talk about, Sakura. We then we get a choice. Then it's like, okay, let me go to that manager's manager, right, right. and talk about it. I was going to say, there's always someone higher. <laughs> there's always somebody higher. And if that doesn't get you far, then that's when you make that decision. Yep. By addressing your fear, why am I in this job? Am I afraid I'm not worthy? Am I afraid I'm not going to get paid enough? That was mine. I couldn't mm-hmm. leave my position because I didn't think that I was worthy or good enough to go somewhere else, which was all a lie. Yeah. So addressing that fear, having the communication, I think would be good. If, the, if you don't get anywhere, then maybe it is time. And knowing that this is her M.O., maybe she's done it with other people who have never said anything. Exactly, because that's what I think happens a lot is they get away with it. Right. And I think there's a fine line between a a team idea, right? Like you're working on a team and an Mm -hmm. idea comes up and then the team gets credit for the idea, not the individual, which happens a lot in Mm -hmm. corporate, right? Which is is fine. Mm -hmm. And so I think that what I would want, if that was the case, is just that my manager recognizes, hey, like I... I know this came from you. That was a great idea. And like, you're going to be like, even if it's not recognized above, like you will be recognized through your rewards or something else. Right. Like 
And so you just have to be a little careful because when you are working on a team, like everything is kind of about the team or, or potentially about the product. And it's not always about us, even though mm-hmm. potentially it was your idea. Mm-hmm. So something, yeah, just, something just to be cautious about too, right? That's a really good point. I didn't think about that. And that's really good. I like how you brought up that, that acknowledgement because as human beings, we want that acknowledgement, mm-hmm. even if it's not blasted all over. It's like, hey, somebody acknowledging you and recognizing you for your contribution. Yeah. It's huge. Definitely. Yeah. Hope that helps you. And our next message, Eric? Yeah. Dan from Cincinnati says, I've been clean and sober for about a year now, and I still feel shaky about how I trust myself in making good decisions and keeping myself sober. Can I really learn to trust myself? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I'm going on 19 years. And so, yeah, but I remember clearly the first five. And it really took until five years, Dan, before I felt really secure. At two years, I thought I had it all figured out. I did not. Looking back, I was still detoxing at that time. And then, so you, you have to just take it one step at a time. Like the program says, there's, there's really a lot of wisdom in that. Mm-hmm. But it's also learning, doing the day-to-day steps. So we talk about trusting our intuition. We do that through some daily routines meditation, walking, trying it out, taking a risk, doing something different, and also reaching out to other people because you really need support right now. And having someone you can trust to be able to go, ooh, I don't know about this decision. And having somebody not tell you what to do, but listen to your idea and give you feedback is really valuable for you learning to trust yourself. And this helps you to stay sober. Mm. Community is really important in sobriety. And people sometimes are afraid of that. They're afraid of being wrong. You're still in this phase of gentleness, and you've got to be just kind to yourself and compassionate because you're looking through the lens without a distraction. Hmm. That's a whole new world. And you're a whole new person, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we're human. We make mistakes. Exactly. And don't let the past behavior define you, who you are now. I mean, yes, it's part of your journey, but it's not who you are today. Yeah, because part of that sobriety, right, when we're not clean and sober is we don't trust ourselves. We have a lot of that emotional baggage. But, you know, but really working on that makes a difference of learning to trust ourselves. Mm -hmm. That you, that yes, I can make a mistake, but it doesn't mean I am a mistake. Yeah, Yeah, and I think any time that we want to change, right, it's a a challenge and it's a journey, right? And it's becoming a different person, really. And so I think that, you just have to, as you mentioned, just take it day by day, be kind to yourself, mm-hmm. and understand that anybody that wants to change their lives really is going through this experience of having to find a way to be a different person and have a different lifestyle. Yeah, and new so, mindset. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally yeah. new mindset. So definitely hang in there. Yes. All right. Well, we're going to take another break, but everyone stick around for more of the Conscious Coaching Hour. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, 
Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R.com. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H dot com. The veil is a line between physical and non-physical realities, between spirit and matter. Listen in to Go Beyond the Veil every second Wednesday of each month from 2 to 3 p.m. In this jam-packed radio hour, hosts Sakura Sutter and Rory Reich interview folks who make a living crossing the veil and assisting others on their journey of healing and self-discovery. They will ask the hard questions to not only reveal more truths and clarity, but also to make spiritual sense. They hope by offering this resource where science meets spirituality that you too can finally put your skepticism to rest once and for all. So join them as they go beyond the veil. Welcome back to Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I'm intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And I am am also the host of Love from the Hip. And I'm forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Rory Reich. Be sure to check us out on Sundays at 9 a.m. Pacific time on 94.7 FM KBKW and 9 p.m. South African time on Cape Town Zone Radio 88.5 FM. All right. It's time for Sakura's Spiritual Sense. Well, let's ask Spirit or Universe for more guidance on trust. And I am using an Oracle card deck today, uh, Oracle of Mystical Moments by Katrin Weltstein. And the card I picked is... Listen. On this card is a young woman with her eyes closed and a knowing smile which is rooted in the earth. Her hair has transformed into the roots of the plants above her. You can tell the woman is aware of her surroundings. She is connected to the voice of nature. She can listen to the growing plants beneath the ground. She is an integral part of her world. She understands the sorrows and worries of the environment. She also knows the songs of nature's pleasures. I love this card for today. Remember playing that game when you were little where you fell backwards into the arms of your classmate and each time the Mm -hmm. distance grew and, you know, you had to really trust them because you couldn't see and just fell? (laughs) 
Well, this woman, this card reminds me of that. And this woman is blindfolded, yet she can still trust her environment because she is listening to herself and therefore becoming one with her surroundings. Spirit or universe is reminding you of the power you have within you to be able to trust again by trusting yourself as well as the universe first. When you trust yourself, you can hear better and therefore are more apt to listen. Sometimes we need to quiet the chaos in our heads in order to hear our intuition. Information is always available to you. You just have to listen. I love that. Oh my gosh, that was so, (laughs) your cards are always so right on. Universe always provides. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yes. Brenda brings it back around. So after hearing about, you know, the attachment styles, I'm kind of that, I'm part of that population that didn't learn to trust from a very young age. I did not go into the secure category. Because in my younger years, the non-trust came in the forms of parents leaving, grandparents passing away, which I didn't understand, right? Mm -hmm. And then the different types of abuse that were happening and continued into my adulthood. What the forgiveness work has taught me is that I never learned to trust myself. I was always depending on someone else for trust. And maybe you guys can relate. And when we are dependent on others, we can find that they are fallible because we all have our stuff we are working through or not working through. How I learned that I didn't trust myself in the forgiveness work was when I did a timeline of my relationships to help me identify my patterns. And what I saw were these similar experiences and behaviors in every relationship. Even though it was different people, the common denominator was me. And we call this looking at the mirror. When I looked at each relationship and was willing to see it through a different lens, like we were talking about before, a different perspective, meaning instead of blaming them, I was willing to see where my learning could be from the relationship, I saw the pattern of betrayal, and it made sense that I was betraying myself. It doesn't mean that their behavior was right. It just meant that they were showing me something that was buried deep within me that was ready to be recognized and healed. I started being kinder to myself, catching that critical voice, which I... I've named Fred Mm. and calling Fred out whenever he starts talking trash to me. That's helpful. And this led to learning to accept myself and all those shadow parts that I didn't want anyone to know about because if they knew, they would reject me, or so I thought, because I had been rejecting myself. My self-confidence started growing, and the more that grew, the less I needed approval from others. I was learning to trust myself, and then I was able to start trusting others. Wow. Yeah, it's a good exercise, just doing a timeline and seeing where the commonalities are mm-hmm. in relationships, just, just to identify this and how far it goes back. And I think you're right. As a child, I know for me, I was weird, right? Like I heard dead people. It's not like I wanted to, <laughs> I didn't make very many friends if I were to share that. So I had to suppress who I was and yes. then therefore suppress my intuition. And I think we then end up being in these codependent relationships, right? Because we're having expectations for other people to see things through for us, right? Yes. It's a lot easier that way. And, and expected others to take care of us. That was my thing too, because the parent parental figures were not there. Mm-hmm. So then you look to others who can take care of me. There's a part of us, yeah. a shadow part, that really wants to be taken care of. Absolutely. Yeah, I think for me, I, I learned to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. I just didn't learn to trust others, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's part of that, like just growing up, you know, taking care of yourself, making sure everything's done. I, I'm, I'm good at that. Yeah. But, like you uh, would do it better than they would. Well, I just, I learned to not trust Not depend others. upon them. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so it's actually allowing people in and then learning to trust them and rely on them and that you're going to be safe in that dynamic. That's definitely the challenging part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Here's Rory's Reflections. Trust comes in many forms, but ultimately, we are the ones who get to decide and have control over who, what, and how we trust. Self-trust, where we learn to listen to our inner voice or our gut and are able to filter out our desires, needs, and what we believe is right for ourselves over that of others or the world is a critical skill that will change your relationship with trust and how you live your life. This doesn't mean that we are not self-critical or introspective or that we don't care about the needs of others. It's about learning to discern what's in our best and highest interest so that we can make confident choices on how to live our lives and how best to relate to those around us. Well put. Yeah. Definitely a lot of similarity in terms of listening. Yeah, when do you when when did you first trust your intuition? Was there Oh, I didn't trust it for the longest time. I married all those guys. <laughs> and I didn't listen. It, I had yeah. a gut. And it was like, I should have listened. So it's really only been this last 10 years that I've intentionally started to trust it. Yeah, and I think it was, for me, through sickness. Yeah. Like you were saying, the body being unhealthy. and I'm still learning. Right? <laughs> like, I'd say in the last five years, there's definitely a dialogue. Yeah, right? good. But, but it's complicated. But bring out, like, bring out the tools, right? Yeah, The pendulum, sure. use oracle cards, use, you know, muscle testing See which way your body sways. You have tools. Yeah, to I love the that. muscle testing, the body swaying. I use that all the time now for food, for supplements, for just exer- anything. Yeah. It's so cool. She's like in the grocery store in the aisle waving back I, and forth. I used to do that too. I, I'm I like looking around over my shoulder to make sure that. But it's you know, Seattle. I feel like everyone does that. I know. I, I was really self-conscious of it at first, but now I don't care. I just hold the thing. I read the, you know, the uh-huh. ingredients and I'm like swaying. <laughs> <laughs> the whole aisle is swaying at PCC. Awesome. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We want to thank Eric, our lovely producer, KKNW, Timber Country, Cape Town Zone Radio, and you, the listener. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share our podcast, The Conscious Coaching Hour, which you can find on our Love from the Hip. That's HYP, anywhere you can find podcasts. And what are we talking about on our next show? On our next show, we'll be discussing the topic of freedom, what it means, how to cultivate it, and what happens when we don't feel we have it. Mm. Yeah, that sounds good. Do you love the show? Have a question you would like us to answer on the air? Follow us, like us, and message us on Instagram or Facebook at Love from the Hip, and that's H-Y-P. You can find me at SakuraSutter.com. You can find me at RoryReich.com. And you can find me at BrendaReeseCoaching.com. Tune in every month on Wednesdays from 2 to 3 p.m. on AM 1150 KKNW and Sundays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on 94.7 FM KBKW and 9 p.m. South African Time on Cape Town's 88.5 FM for more of the Conscious Coaching Hour. Where we help you awaken your intuition and inner coach. So you can live your best life.